Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Return now to our main story. Israel has widened its ground offensive in Gaza. It has also raided a city in the West Bank with four Palestinians reported to have been killed and also conducted an airstrike in Syria as fears over the scale of the humanitarian crisis in Gaza escalate. Joining us now is Mark Regev, advisor to Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Mark, welcome back to Bloomberg Radio. Thank you for your time. The Israeli good military, good morning, has said that IDF troops killed dozens of terrorists in the offensive in Gaza. Has Israel sustained any casualties? Not that I'm aware of. Um, We haven't released any information yet, but what I heard last night was so far we've been doing well. Uh, uh, And that's important for us, obviously. But our goal is, of course, to, to take on Hamas, to destroy its military machine, and to remove it from power there on the Gaza Strip, we refuse in Israel to return to a situation where we've got this terrorist enclave on our southern border that at will will, will will attack us, at will will send rockets into Israel to target our cities, at will will send its killers into our country to massacre our people. We won't stand for that anymore. We will take on Hamas. We will destroy its capabilities to hurt us. What is the aim in northern Gaza? Is it to encircle Gaza City? I can't go into tactical things and you will understand why. Uh, that's obviously something that we won't talk about publicly until it's all over. We want to surprise the enemy. But you know that in northern Gaza, there's a very elaborate system of uh, Hamas uh, 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 tunnels, Hamas bunkers, Hamas missile launching strike, Hamas's leadership. Unfortunately, uh, we had to tell the world that uh, Hamas is one of its central uh, command posts where its leadership is stationed, is is under a hospital, under the Shifa hospital in Gaza City. And this shouldn't surprise anyone. They are deliberately using humanitarian targets, uh, humanitarian places like schools, hospitals, uh, UN sites even, for storing their war machine and conducting their campaign. How concerned are you about four Palestinian, four additional Palestinian deaths in the West Bank? When, when we're taking on Palestinians, we're, 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 we're taking on Hamas. Uh, that's our target. And as you know, Hamas also has an infrastructure in the West Bank. And so we've been preempting there. We don't want to see violence in the West Bank. But if Hamas is trying to activate its cells on the West Bank and trying to start terror attacks from there, we will act to preempt. And that's what we've been doing. What efforts are being made to negotiate the release of hostages now as the ground offensive has widened in the last couple of days? Do you expect any more hostages to be released by Hamas? Well, first of all, I don't expect Hamas to suddenly uh, change. They're not going to become uh, humanitarians, yes? They're they're a brutal terrorist organisation and we saw vividly the sort of violence they're capable of, the brutal violence that they're capable of uh, when they attacked Israel on October 7th. Uh, So we have no illusions about Hamas. We think we'll get our hostages out by ratcheting up the pressure on Hamas, the military pressure, the diplomatic pressure on its allies. We think that's the best way to get our people home. And of course, as our operation continues and as our operation expands, 
the efforts to get the hostages released will, will continue. You are close to Benjamin Netanyahu as his advisor, of course, and you're in the room at many of the important um, moments and meetings. Benjamin Netanyahu over the weekend issued this very rare apology for a tweet in which he blamed Israel's security forces and intelligence for failing to anticipate the Hamas attack on the 7th of October. How much pressure is Netanyahu under now to resign? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not aware of any pressure for him to resign. Uh, I would say this. Yes, it's clear there were failures on the Israeli side. Uh, they took us by surprise on uh, uh, October 7th. Uh, uh, we didn't have an intelligence warning. That's, that's clear. When they crossed our border, they butchered our people. And Israelis want to know how this happened. Now, obviously, the prime minister is at the top and he has overall responsibility. But it's clear that when this is over, we're going to have to look at all the lessons learned and have a thorough investigation of what happened where everyone in all positions of authority will be held accountable. But you can't deny the fury that um, that came after that tweet. And again, a rare apology from Netanyahu. So he clearly felt that he had said the wrong thing. Correct, correct. And uh, uh, he admitted the mistake and deleted the tweet and put out the apology. This is a time, I mean, there'll be a time for discussing how it happened on October 7th, how we were taken by surprise. That has, I mean, we've got to get to that. But uh, the focus today is on winning the war against Hamas and that we will do. And then when that's behind us, uh, there'll be a time for lessons learned. You know, there were, in Israel's past, we've had similar investigations after what we've thought were, you know, military upsets or, or mistakes that were made. We have our checks and balances. We have a system in, in place to check these things. And I'm sure when this war is over, uh, okay. that'll all uh, happen uh, and on the political level as well. That could be six weeks or six months for this second phase of, of the war, uh, according to Israel. Does Netanyahu stay in charge for the whole of the second phase? That could be months. Well, yes. In fact, the government has been expanded, as you know. A, 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 a centrist party that was in the opposition has now joined the government, expanding its parliamentary base, precisely because I think Israelis are demanding unity. Israelis are demanding that their government pursue uh, Hamas relentlessly. You know, when Hamas crossed our borders and killed our people on October 7th, uh, they didn't ask them how they voted. They entered left-wing kibbutzim, uh, people who, who don't like the prime minister. They entered uh, a city like Sterot and killed people, which is considered a liquid bastion. They don't care how we vote. They don't care if we're left or right. They don't care if we're secular or religious. They don't care what our positions are on this or that political issue. Hamas kills us because that's their uh, raison d'etre. They want to kill Israelis. They want to kill Jews. And... Though we Israelis, we like to, to debate politics, we're very passionate about our beliefs. We can, we can argue with each other until, until the dawn. But the truth is, uh, uh, we've got a common destiny. And that Hamas showed us, you know, it was a wake-up call. But, but the they clock don't is, care about our politics. But the clock is ticking in terms of support for Israel. Do you feel that ebbing at this point? Is that, you know, why the military intervention has been according to some, relatively cautious? I think we're being cautious because we're being judicious. Uh, you know, we're not shooting from the hip. Hamas attacked us and it, it took almost uh, uh, three weeks before we sent in our ground forces in a, in a, in a significant operation. And uh, we're trying to think uh, one or two steps ahead, not, not to act uh, on the basis of, you know, impulse, but to plan and to prepare. And when we meet Hamas, we do so on our terms. We have no illusions. We're dealing with a fanatical and uh, uh, barbaric enemy. Uh, we know what we're up against. 
Iran's, uh, young Iran's foreign, I'm so sorry, Iran's foreign minister has been speaking to Bloomberg. He spoke to us on Friday. He'd said that if the United States continues what it has been doing so far, in other words, support for Israel, then, quote, new fronts would be opened up against the United States. How much of a concern are comments like that to you? I think it's exactly the opposite. Uh, the, the fact that the United States has sent its uh, two aircraft carrier groups to the Middle East, the fact that the United States has warned the Iranians, don't use the Gaza as, a, as an excuse to try to start something new, I think that's going to keep the peace. Our policy is victory in the South, and we will win, uh, victory over Hamas in the Gaza Strip, and to deter any possible uh, offensive from Hezbollah or Iran in the North. And as has been reported, Israel has been fighting back, uh, hitting targets when we've been attacked by Hezbollah and even from Syria last night. But we don't want a larger escalation in the north, uh, but we are ready. And if Hamas took us by surprise and we paid a price on October 7th for not being ready, I can assure Iran and Hezbollah in the north that we are prepared, we are mobilized. And if you act aggressively against us, we will respond forcibly. The U.S., though, has said that Israel and its military should be taking every possible means available to them to distinguish between Hamas, should the U.S. calls terrorists who are legitimate military targets, in their words, distinguish between Hamas and civilians who are not, i.e. not targets. Is Israel doing that? Israel has also promised significantly more humanitarian aid. What is the realistic time frame for when that happens? So we accept that. Uh, we want to attack and destroy Hamas, and we want to make every maximum, every effort possible to keep civilians out of the crossfire between the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, and the Hamas terrorists. And uh, that's why we've been calling upon, urging Gaza and civilians to leave combat zones, specifically in the north where we know there is going to be heavy fighting. We want to get them out of harm's way. At the same time, it must be said that Hamas is doing everything possible to, in, to tell people not to leave, that they have to be martyrs for Hamas's crazy extremist cause. And they've actually put up roadblocks to physically prevent people from, from leaving areas of combat, from going south. Uh, we urge all Gaza civilians, please evacuate the areas where we know there's going to be fighting. If you're next to a Hamas installation, if you know there are Hamas fighters around you, please mm-hmm. move away because we don't want to see you caught up in the crossfire. I mean, according to reporting... Two thir- it seems as if two-thirds of civilians in uh, the north of, of Gaza have moved, but that it may be simply impossible for the other third to, to go anywhere and that the blockade on Gaza is making things impossible, you know, on, on the brink of sort of disaster from, from disease, if not from war. That must surely be a, a concern that that fuel and food and medicines more must go into into the Gaza Strip. That's all. They're all our concerns. I agree. Uh, uh, the people, uh, civilians who remain in the north, will will still make a maximum effort to differentiate between civilians and between the Hamas killers. But obviously, it, it's a difficult job, and that's why we've asked people to relocate. And we've also, if you want to add to our concerns, mm-hmm. we've got two hundred and thirty nine hostages in the Gaza Strip. Uh, 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 what are they in bunkers underground what will Hamas do to them so we've got many many concerns uh, in addition to worrying about our fighting uh, uh, men and women who are going into action these are all Mm. considerations that we have to take Uh, as to the 
I'm, I'm sorry. What do you what do you also say? I'm, I have many questions for you. What do you say to the UN call and, and many other countries who are calling for a ceasefire that actually more bloodshed is not the way to bring about peace after so many other wars? What do you say to them? Well, if they can tell me another way to dismantle Hamas's military machine, I'm very glad to hear it. But at the moment, there is no other way. And those who call for a ceasefire uh, in the current situation, it might sound good. And I understand why people might you know, think, oh, that's a wonderful idea. Let's stop shooting. But that basically just returns us to October 7th at 6 in the morning, where Israel has this terrorist enclave on our southern border uh, uh, run by Hamas. Uh, uh, which is like ISIS on steroids. We, we saw the violence they were capable of. We saw the brutality. We saw the rapes and the murders and burning people alive and, and the massacres. Uh, uh, we refuse. People have to understand Israel refuses to return to that situation. We don't want, we refuse to live with this terrorist enclave on our border. So if anyone can tell us how we can dismantle Hamas's military machine uh, in another way, I'm happy to hear it. And I'm afraid what, what is- some of these voices... Some of these voices, it's like Hamas killed and brutalized and massacred Israelis. And when Israel starts to move against Hamas ceasefire, no, Hamas has no immunity. They acted like ISIS. They should be treated like ISIS. What is the post-war plan for Gaza exactly? So, so we don't want to have, you know, to stay there forever, but we will. We will stay there as long as we need to destroy Hamas's military machine. And that is the goal of this operation. And, and the truth is, when this is over and we've achieved our goals, as I believe we will, it'll be obviously better for the people of Israel who won't have to live with this terrible terrorist threat on our frontier. Uh, but it'll also be better uh, for the people of Gaza who deserve better than this group of uh, bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty terrorists who, who've ruled the Gaza Strip for the last 16 years and only, only brought the people of Gaza pain and suffering and impoverishment. And so it would mean Israeli forces in Gaza for an indefinite period of time? I wouldn't put it that way, but uh, as long as the military operations are necessary to uh, destroy Hamas's military machine. Once again, we have no intention of staying there. We have no desire to rule the Gaza Strip in any sort of permanent way. Okay, Mark Regev, thank you so much for your time and for being with us here on Bloomberg Radio. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.